good condition, he said awkwardly. Isn't it lovely, said Fleur complacently. I've always had good hair, and good skin, of course. She tilted her head, pushed her hotel robe aside slightly, and rubbed her cheek tenderly against the pale, creamy skin of her shoulder. How old would you say I was, she added abruptly. I don't... I wouldn't, the young man began to flounder. I'm forty, she said lazily. She closed her eyes. Forty, she repeated as though meditating. It makes you think, doesn't it? You don't look, began the hairdresser in awkward politeness. Fleur opened one glinting pussycat green eye. I don't look forty. How old do I look then? The hairdresser stared back at her uncomfortably. He opened his mouth to speak, then closed it again. The truth was, he thought suddenly, that this incredible woman didn't look any age. She seemed ageless, classless, indefinable. As he met her eyes, he felt a thrill run through him, a dart-like conviction that this moment was somehow significant. His hands trembling slightly, he reached for her hair and let it run like slippery flames through his fingers. You look as old as you look, he whispered huskily. Numbers don't come into it. Sweet, said Fleur dismissively. Now, my pet, before you start on my hair, how about ordering me a nice glass of champagne? The hairdresser's fingers drooped in slight disappointment, and he went obediently over to the telephone. As he dialed, the door opened, and the woman from Take Hat came back in, carrying a pile of hat boxes. Here we are, she exclaimed breathlessly. If you could just sign here. A glass of champagne, please, the hairdresser was saying. Room 301. I, I was wondering, began the saleswoman cautiously to Fleur. You're quite sure that you want all six hats in black? We do have some other super colours this season. She tapped her teeth thoughtfully. There's a lovely emerald green, which would look stunning with your hair. Black, said Fleur decisively. I'm only interested in black. An hour later, Fleur looked at herself in the mirror, smiled and nodded. She was dressed in a simple black suit, which had been cut to fit her figure precisely. Her legs shimmered in sheer black stockings. Her feet were unobtrusive in discreet black shoes. Her hair had been smoothed into an exemplary chignon, on which the little black hat sat to perfection. The only hint of brightness about her figure was a glimpse of salmon-pink silk underneath her jacket. It was Fleur's rule always to wear some colour, no matter how sombre the outfit or the occasion. In a crowd of dispirited black suits, a tiny splash of salmon pink would draw the eye unconsciously towards her. People would notice her, but wouldn't be quite sure why, which was just as she liked it. Still watching her reflection, Fleur pulled the gauzy veil down over her face. The smug expression disappeared from her face, to be replaced by one of grave, inscrutable sadness. For a few moments, she stared silently at herself. She picked up her black leather osprey bag and held it soberly by her side. She nodded slowly a few times, noticing how the veil cast hazy, mysterious shadows over her pale face. 
Then suddenly the telephone rang and she sprang back into life. Hello? Fleur, where have you been? I have tried to call you. The heavy Greek voice was unmistakable. A frown of irritation creased Fleur's face. Saki, sweetheart, I'm in a bit of a hurry. Where are you going? Nowhere, just shopping. Why do you need to shop? I bought you clothes in Paris. I know you did, darling, but I wanted to surprise you with something new for this evening. Her voice rippled with convincing affection down the phone. Something elegant, sexy. As she spoke, she had a sudden inspiration. And you know, Sarkis, she added carefully, I was wondering whether it wouldn't be a good idea to pay in cash so that I get a good price. I can draw money out from the hotel, can't I, on your account? A certain amount, up to £10,000, I think. I won't need nearly that much. Her voice bubbled.